You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Happy New Year, Andre. Happy New Year, Michael. I can't believe that uh, that it's 2017. We've been doing this, I think, just over a year now, isn't it? Something, or, uh, something about that, I guess, around there. And we started off as just two guys talking wine, and, and we seem to be adding people into the mix that with some great interviews, and I am so jazzed about how we're going to start this year off. Yeah, and I want to take the opportunity to thank everyone for listening to us over the past year, and this is, I for me, as far as I'm concerned, not a huge milestone. This is just the beginning for us. It, it is, and it, what is what has got me so jazzed here is we... Over the Christmas holiday, um, it was announced, or just before the Christmas holiday, that Constellation Sale had gone through to the teachers' union, and we reached out immediately, just before everybody went on vacation, to Constellation and said, we would like to interview Jay Wright, who is the head of Constellation Canada at the moment, or now, and uh, and, and he said yes. And, and I'm thrilled that we have him as well. Because let's face it, both in your circle, my circle, and probably for most people listening to this, the rumor mill has been cranking furiously since, and at a feverish pace since this sale was announced. What does that mean? Because of a lot of confusion. What does this mean south of the border? The teachers make good investments. But anyways, I, we're, I'm getting ahead of myself because we touch on this all in the interview. We touch on And we touch on a lot of rumors also that aren't just about Constellation. So why don't we get right to it? Tonight we're with um, uh, Jay Wright. Jay, why don't you uh, just tell people what your uh, position is and how long you've been with, with which company we are talking about tonight? <laughs> sure, yeah. No, no, no problem, Michael. Gr- great to be with you. Um, I've been in the wine industry now for just over 15 years uh, in both Canada and the United States. And I work for Constellation Brands Canada, and I uh, manage the business here in Canada. And um, um, so that's what I've been up to. And, and so I guess I'm, I'm lucky and fortunate and blessed to be in the wine business um, as you guys are, because it isn't, isn't it just a a fabulous exploration uh, and adventure uh, of food and wine um, I would say. And uh, it's very important that we mention that Constellation Canada, because something very exciting happened over the holidays. Yeah, correct. Exactly right. We, um, you'd probably, uh, many people had heard that uh, back in November, we, um, Constellation Brands agreed to sell the business to Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. And uh, just before the holidays, we closed on that deal. And so we are now a private company owned by Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. Um, and, and just so that we know, name the Canadian properties that were involved in the sale. This is a test. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, clearly uh, in Niagara, we have, you know, Jackson Triggs Winery and our Inniskillen Winery. Uh, many different uh, brands of wine here in Ontario, obviously, but um, we also are a retailer in Ontario with Wine Rack, um, our, uh, our, our retail wine stores across the province. Uh, we also uh, have our RJS um, winemaking um, business. And then uh, out, uh, we have wineries in, uh, in Quebec uh, and uh, in British Columbia. And in British Columbia, obviously, uh, you, you just mentioned Black Sage uh, Vineyard, which is one of our um, wines that we, uh, you know, one of our best quality wines. Sumac Ridge, 
uh, see you later ranch uh, we have a joint venture with the osoyas indian band called Incomeep cellars which uh, actually just won best winery of the year in canada mm-hmm. uh, we also have obviously jackson triggs okanagan and inniskill and okanagan and i'm probably missing some that you'll remind me of but um, um, those are the uh, the great brands that we have in canada of wines and then we will continue to represent Constellation Brands uh, wines as their exclusive uh, importer and distributor here in Canada for many years to come as well. And, uh, you know, you know many of those brands. Uh, Kim Crawford from New Zealand, Rafino uh, from Italy, uh, Robert Mondavi uh, Winery from uh, from Napa, etc. I forgot Ravenswood. Don't forget Ravenswood. Exactly right. My buddy Joel Peterson. My buddy Joel Peterson wouldn't wouldn't forgive me if I forgot Ravenswood, one of my very favorite wineries in the world, and uh, with unbelievable Zinfandel and some of the oldest vines in North America. Well, I had no idea you had a Quebec holding, so that was news to me. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. We have a we have a, a winery in Rougemont, and uh, we have a very uh, very well developed business in Quebec. We're we're by far the largest wine company in Quebec, both in the SAQ and in the Epicerie, the Grocery Channel, and um, and so and, and we've got great momentum as Canada's leading wine company. So uh, I guess I have uh, is the is the company going to continue to be called Constellation Canada, or is there a look at changing the name? Well, we're going to evolve our name and our identity over time. That's correct. Um, we're working on we're working on that right now as we speak. Okay, so it's just Constellation Canada until such time as, you know, we get a, a new uh, Correct, and it's it's really business as usual for us uh, in a lot of ways. As I said, our portfolio uh, is staying exactly the same. Uh, our new owners are excited about, uh, and our new owners and partners, the Ontario teachers, are uh, very excited about the momentum that we have as Canada's leading wine company. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, they're invested in us and uh, we're looking to continue to build on that momentum to expand our, our leadership position uh, as Canada's, uh, you know, largest and most important wine company, uh, almost three times larger than our nearest competitor. Now, I, I know I seem to be uh, monopolizing this conversation. I know Andre's going to jump in uh, at some point. But uh, one of my questions was, when did the potential for a sale first come to light? Well, Constellation Brands made a decision in the spring of 2016 uh, to explore the potential of doing a public offering or an IPO of the Canadian business. Uh, And so uh, we were working on on doing that through the summer period. And uh, in the early fall, uh, teachers uh, approached Constellation Brands with the potential of uh, buying the business from Constellation Brands. Constellation Brands um, had talked about an evolving strategy where Constellation Brands was looking to redeploy some capital, hence the IPO and the idea of doing the IPO, redeploy some capital into focusing uh, in the U.S. on what I would call more premium uh, and boutique uh, opportunities in the wine and spirits business in the U.S. Uh, and uh, as you've probably read, uh, Constellation Brands um, bought uh, The Prisoner uh, this past uh, in 2016, and also bought um, uh, Charles, the Charles, Charles Smith, Smith uh, wines out of uh, some of his wines out of uh, Washington State. 
as well as High West Whiskey, which just closed uh, last month as well. And so their focus, Constellation's brand's focus has been on, um, you know, cross total alcoholic beverage in the U.S. with more of a focus on wine, beer, and spirits and acquiring small boutique U.S.-based brands that are higher margin, higher, uh, high, more premium, if you will, in their, in their focus and are smaller brands that they can build across their distribution network. Hmm. Well, that, that is interesting because I know you've said now that uh, it's business as, as usual uh, and with the, I guess, the international constellation having made these, um, uh, acquire, uh, adding these uh, brands to their portfolio, uh, does this actually mean that the, this separate Canadian constellation is going to have more brands to bring to the market? Well, that's exactly right. Uh, as Constellation Brands in the U.S. Uh, buys, continues to evolve its portfolio, our Canadian business will have the exclusive rights to distribute and import those wines into Canada uh, into the future. So does this distribution channel work both ways? I know that uh, in the grand scheme of things, as great as Canadian wines are, and, and even a large winery like Jackson Triggs, we're still not producing on the on the quantity of a lot of the wineries to maybe be ready for an export market but um are are we eyeing at growing the business in canada to maybe put premium canadian wines in a position to join an export market well um i think you asked a couple of questions there the 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 first question was does it work both ways and yes it does um we're going to continue to be represented by constellation brands in the u.s and uh around the world uh and our focus uh, has been very much in expanding the potential of our Inniskillen ice wine business uh, around the world. And as you probably know, we're, I think we're in the top one or two uh, of wines sold in the duty-free network around the world as sold through um, the Constellation Brands um, you know, distribution network. And we, we are focusing on develop, continuing to develop and grow our ice wine business, which uh, is so well respected and loved by, um, you know, Americans, uh, Asians, Europeans, etc. Uh, and, and so we see a real opportunity there. So obviously, as people know, you were bought by, for lack of a better, the teacher's union. Am I correct? Or they have a better name than that? <laughs> Well, we, we, we were bought by um, the folks that represent the teachers' pension plan uh, and, um, and, 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 you know, have been a very successful um, private equity group within that pension plan that have returned, uh, you know, great results for those teachers for many, many years now. But you're right, the retired and currently working 315,000-plus Ontario teachers uh, we now serve there, you know, uh, we're out there looking to build loyalty with Ontario's teachers. No question. So if I'm not mistaken, the teachers actually own or owned the Leafs. Uh, they're going to have the same kind of effect on uh, constellation. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know they owned the Leafs. to be honest. Um, was that in the past? Yeah, actually, it was just recently um, they owned MLSC, so the Leafs, uh, the Raptors, and I believe the uh, the Argos at one point. I could be wrong about that one, but I know for sure the Leafs and the Raptors were a part of their, their holding, and they recently uh, divested that after making a butt-ton of money. Which which is which is why the Leafs are doing a little bit better, and, and, uh, and the Raptors are, too. 
<laughs> well, I'll, I think I'll stick to wine, guys. <laughs> Fair enough. Just a little sports in there. There's always a little sports in the show every time. Yeah. But uh, how go. much will the teachers' union be involved in the day-to-day operations of of the business? Well, well, ultimately, um, they're not going to be involved at all, really, in the day-to-day business. Um, you know, I'm going to report uh, to a board of directors, and and I'll be on the board of directors, set up by the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. Uh, and you know, as I said, the Canadian business has been delivering excellent overall financial and market results. We've outperformed the industry. We've gained market share. We've got a strong and growing business. Um, and they see our, the investment in uh, Constellation Brands Canada as a long-term investment uh, that they can uh, th- th- that they can be part of. That uh, they're excited to to be part of going forward. Well, I guess this is where I'm going to ask the question the long way because, unfortunately, I can't find the source that I saw it. But uh, the teachers obviously have a track record of making great investments. So I was scratching my head a little bit when I read in one of the um, American financial papers that one of the reasons they wanted to uh, cut the Canadian uh, portfolio separate is uh, that the targeted growth wasn't able to keep up pace with what they're hoping to do with their American holdings. Well, as I said... um the, the evolution of Constellation Brand strategy was was really to redeploy capital, and, and they were looking at doing a, uh, the potential of doing an IPO, right? And so, and to focus on the U.S. market and M&A with respect to across all of total alcoholic beverage uh, within the U.S. for for boutique brands that they could put into the distribution network to uh, expand more rapidly that are higher margin higher premium. That that was what Constellation Brands uh, was looking at doing, at redeploying capital. Having said that, as I said earlier, the Canadian business has been very successful at continuing to outpace the market in a growing and very healthy wine market in Canada. And I see, I think that uh, the teachers uh, saw a real opportunity there and, uh, and, and hence, uh, you know, took advantage of, of the need for Constellation Brands to redeploy capital. So Constellation didn't see uh, any problem with what the Wynn Liberals were doing uh, by putting more um, retail outlets through grocery stores or anything. They didn't see that as a, as cutting into what possibly could have been uh, profit margins through wine rack stores or anything like that? No, I don't believe that at all. Okay. We got we to gotta touch on all the rumors. All of them. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't blame you. Again, I, I really believe it was about redeploying capital, and and for teachers, I think it was a great opportunity to get into uh, an exciting and growing category that has shown stable and very positive financial results over many years. Well, and it's interesting to hear you talk about um, how the pipeline is going to go both ways. And you've mentioned uh, like ice wine specifically. Is there any um, long term down the road? Uh, goal or uh, I guess goals what I'm looking for to get table wine outside of Canada and into foreign markets? Well, uh, my focus is on ice wine right now. Um, I believe that from a VQA Canadian wine standpoint, long term, there's a great opportunity. But to be quite frank, um, we're not yet making enough VQA wine uh, really to take full advantage of the growth opportunities within Canada, which we're, which we're doing right now, which we're focused on and we're building. Uh, we're excited about the fact that both millennials uh, and baby boomers, the, the two largest 
consumer groups, uh, you know, most interested in, in wine consumption are very interested, becoming much more interested in local uh, food and wine pairing, uh, the kind of stuff that you guys support every day, to be quite frank. We're very thankful for the great work you do for our industry because what we're seeing is more and more demand for local wines in Ontario and British Columbia. Uh, and, uh, and, and so we're in, in an investment mode to build upon that uh, demand opportunity. And, and after a couple of uh, tough short crops uh, in Ontario a couple of years ago, as you know, uh, w- we just want to take advantage of the opportunity within Canada. But yes, in the long term, I see a real opportunity beyond the borders. But right now we're focused on iSpot. So, uh, Jay, um, just because there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, crying and gnashing of teeth uh, when you guys announced the closing of Le Clos Jordan, or at least the brand, what happened there? Well, you know, after Sebastian left, uh, who was who is a wonderful winemaker, right, and and really had done a fabulous job with Le Clos Jordan. There, there was some what I would call there was some very careful evaluation and consultation internally, uh, and and our winemaking team decided to leverage our award-winning winemaker, Marco Piccolo, to develop a new line of ultra-premium wines to showcase Niagara's dynamic terroir without being limited to the Burgundian-style Chardonnay and Pinot Noir that uh, Le Clos Jardin became to be known for. So what you must be talking about now is our Terra. Bingo. Exactly okay. right. So, uh, so we, if, if, we, if that's the case, then I guess I have a follow-up question. You, you brought sure. it out with Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. <laughs> so, but, but I understand it, it can grow from there, but you did bring it out with Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. So it looks like a bit of an offshoot from or a, a, you know, a rise of the phoenix from the ashes of Le Clos becomes Artera. Well, as you know, Niagara makes unbelievable Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. So, um, and Marco is a very different winemaker than, uh, than Sebastian was. So you take uh, what your terroir does the best, you find the most amazing winemaker to do it with, and you get on with life. Andre, you want to say something there? No, he's got it covered, and I couldn't agree more with uh, the Chardonnay Pinot comment, uh, especially the Chardonnay I- comment. I thought the Chardonnay was good. I know, like, uh, well, I'm have sure. you guys? Yeah, have you guys tried the wines? I'd love to hear what you think of the wines. Yeah, I was because I, I was, actually my Christmas dinner Chardonnay this year was Artera, and I was I was blown away. I've got yeah, a so bottle. I'm, actually. I'm not a Chardonnay fan, as as Andre knows, but uh, I really like the uh, the Chardonnay. I thought it was very good. Yeah, and, I, and I've got a bottle sitting um, actually four feet away from me that I'm waiting to drink with my girlfriend's sister, who has fallen in love with local Chardonnay. So. We will be getting into that, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with her because we did get a chance to uh, taste it earlier, and um, I was I was impressed. I thought good price, good value, and and just nice well, packaging thank you. around it. Th- thank you for that, and thank you for trying it. And um, uh, we've got big plans for our Terra uh, at the very high end, and see great opportunity uh, here in Ontario first, and then across Canada. So it's not going to it, be limited though to the Pinot and Chardonnay. It's going to find no. other other. No, no, and and while I could tell you what's next, I won't because I'm going to leave oh, that on. to uh, no. I'm going to leave that to Marco. He, he he's the creator. He he deserves to tell you 
uh, the exciting future of where we're going next. But you um, want to give us a hint? Is it a red? No. Nope. Is it a white? Is, is it bubble? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to give you a hint. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Michael. I think if I check my notes, Marco was saying something about bubbles. But I know he's got a few things that he said he wanted to work with because we talked about Cabernet Franc, and I mean, there's a. I mean, you do have a lot of options on the table, and it's a nice thing about. Uh, yeah. You have access correct. to great, great vineyards from Le Clos Jordan and. Working within Estellan and Jackson Triggs, you have lots of great relationships with great growers that to take the best of the best fruit that you have access to. I mean, like they're, yeah. I know I'm kind of saying what you're saying there, but I mean, thank you. It, that, that's it, it, exactly it, what this brand uh, of wine is going to be about: uh, crafting <laughs> the best of the best from from the I think the the most spectacular terroir to make these kind of wines we'll in Canada. To and, and and you know, I think it's right to not let the the management guy get into the winery and mess things up. But that's it. You know, w- w- our company is about balancing the art and the business of wine, and uh, I like to work on the business and people like. Um, Marco are way better than I am at working on the art, and and you guys understand that. And uh, and so I'll leave it to him to explain to you where he wants to take it and and what's next. And I'm excited about it. And I haven't even tried. He won't even let me in the winery to try it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to make our way down there to see what he's up to. Yeah. Um, I have I have one more, and it kind of fits in with what uh, what you were just talking about with uh, you know single vineyards and great vineyards. There is a rumor, and I'm going to stress rumor that I have heard, that the Delane line of wines is kaput. Is that true, or is that just a rumor? No, that is not true. That is not true. That is, that is, that's a bad rumor. Yeah, I thought so, too, because uh, I just... Um, you had asked us earlier when we were just uh, talking off, you said what kind of uh, what wines had you had over the holidays that were really good. And uh, one of the ones that I had opened was the 2012 Delane Syrah. I had and, the same wine. I had the was, exact same wine. It's yeah. a wonderful wine. Drinking the white beautiful. pepper, the white pepper on that wine's amazing. You and know, raspberry. It, it just it was so good, and I was like, man, it would be an absolute crying shame to lose this line. So I am so glad that that is just a rumor well, that is nasty. Yeah, and 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 I'll let you know that. Um, you know, we've had a couple of bad harvests over over the last five years in Ontario, and, and our company uh, believes in quality and believes in making the the right investments. And so, um, we 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 have um, with respect to the lane, we have made the decision to do some replanting to improve the quality, uh, you know, of the rootstock and what we've got on that vineyard. Uh, and I'm very excited about the future for that vineyard and and the wines that come from that vineyard, but. Um, you know, we, we, we have chosen to focus on quality. Let's just put it that way. And I mean, and I mean, that's really come through. Um, I know this is going to be a little bit separate, just sort of one more thing. Um, I've noticed, especially uh, being in Toronto, that the wine racks have had a much uh, larger presence of the VQA, VQA wines. Um, is this something that I've just sort of accidentally noticed or is there a, a mandate from the company to put a larger presence on a uh, larger presence of VQA wines in the wine rack stores? Well, I, um, you know, as a retailer, you react to the consumer need, right? And I think, as I said earlier, one of the things we're most excited about and, and we're going to continue to represent wines from all over the world for many years to come 
And uh, I think one of the strengths of our company is that is, is that we are agnostic, really, when it comes to um, to great wines from all over the world, whether it be New World or Old World. Um, but you're right. In in Wine Rack, we sell we sell domestic Ontario wines, and uh, the consumer, um, you know, who shops the Wine Rack store, who's who's probably a consumer more interested in convenience, right, um, ha- has been demanding. Uh, more local, uh, higher quality, um, uh, you know, premium wines. And and so that's why, if you've noticed it, uh, I haven't, to be quite frank, but if you've noticed it, that's why in some of our wine rack stores uh, we're providing more VQA wines because the consumer's been demanding it. And uh, that's what excites me about the potential. And, and I go back to the question you asked earlier about selling table wines outside of Canada. We're just trying to continue to develop and invest in vineyard and supply to uh, to uh, satisfy our Canadian consumers with great VQA quality wines. Um, and you'll note, um, if, you know, if you look at the facts in Ontario and across the country, that VQA is growing, and it's growing well uh, when supply is available at, uh, at premium prices. Thank you very much for giving us the time and letting us get all the the rumor mill questions off our chests. You're welcome, guys. Anytime. Thank you for the time and attention. We very much, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thanks, Jay, very least, much. Uh, ha- happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy too. New Year to you. Okay. Bye, guys. Uh, Andre, I'm left speechless. I am also left speechless. But um, one thing that really made me excited that I didn't push on in the interview is uh, the number of times he said premium and VQA in the same sentence. Uh, especially when we're talking about Constellation Brands because the potential is there and seeing more VQA in the wine rack as per my last question is something that I think consumers really should get excited about and the fact the market's turning towards drinking local is also something that we should all be excited about. Well, he he said that, so uh, he he sees that and he, he says he didn't see it himself but obviously the wine racks have seen or that they know that they want more VQA and they've been asked for more VQA so that's good. I don't like to see the ICB wines, you know, taking over what should be uh, Ontario stuff. Is there anything else you want to add, Michael? You know what? No. No, he's covered everything. And uh, I think we covered everything. I'm very glad. And I want to thank Jay Wright for being on. I want to thank Constellation. And I want to, I guess, thank the Teachers Union for bringing back uh, Constellation and all those great brands back to Canada. Just remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Look for Two Guys Talking Wine. And um, as always, you want to sign off, Michael? I guess I do. I'm Michael Pincus, the grape guy from MichaelPincusWineReview.com. And you are? Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.